welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Sarah Wettis. I'm Amanda Teuscher. I just had a moment of panic there because I was like, oh no, I'm not looking at the document while she does the intro. I'm going to forget my line. And then I remember that my line is, I'm Amanda Teuscher. (laughs) You remember that I'm literally speaking right now. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I think I can nail this one. (laughs) Maybe after like three years of doing this podcast, we'll like understand how to introduce it, but... I feel like it wouldn't be very on brand for us. Um, I feel like we need to, we need to do first is talk politics. Sorry, everyone. We need to talk. We have to talk about politics. We need to talk about politics. This is a politics podcast um, where uh, the intersection of Elizabeth Warren and the HBO television show uh, starring The Rock (laughs) called ballers which has somehow been on for this is the fifth season that blows my mind the thing is like i feel like that was definitely that's been one of our not watching yeah for sure and we'll always be one of our not watching i don't even think you will like betray the not watching pact on that one you're like not not gonna watch not even for aunt liz i wouldn't but like elizabeth warren a u.s senator who we both admire greatly who is in fact sarah's senator Mm mm-hmm is apparently a huge fan of the show Ballers. Her, what I love is it's Elizabeth Warren and her husband Bruce, and it's like apparently the thing that they like watch together. And these That's are also amazing. two uh, like Harvard professors. Like I just and it's so Ballers. I don't even. I honestly, literally couldn't even. Like, tell and you. I'm pretty sure they're probably both feminists. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> And, like, I don't even know what Ballers is about. Isn't it about, like, sports agents? I don't... I... I'm assuming. They're, they must think they're being clever by calling it Ballers for a reason. And it's Elizabeth Warren's favorite show. And on Sunday, she tweeted um, the, how much she was looking forward to watching it. She's like, can't wait to watch the season premiere tonight with Bruce. She's actually expressed her sadness at the fact that this is the, the final season premiere that it wasn't <laughs> renewed for a season six by hbo and uh and and then right after that the show comes on and in like the like one of the opening scenes like we go to the rock and he's reading elizabeth warren's biography his character <laughs> which i just think it's so good like it must have been like, planned it had to have been planned. i'm like i mean i guess it's possible that it wasn't like they must have tipped her off like you know hey like they told her in advance and they're like maybe mention it yeah maybe we you know wanna... you love the show yeah I think she's spoken about how much she liked it before right which is why i think they which is how i think they knew to to put the book in um well and as we know from big little lies like hbo is like now a big part of their hbo is uh, just a meme generating machine they're a meme generating yeah like yeah. a big part of their thing is like what can be talked about the next day on twitter so this they were very smart in knowing that this would be something and we are talking about it and i don't regret it because it's hilarious it's hilarious i feel like the rock maybe used to be a republican i feel like i remember really like he i thought i remembered him at some point like during the like war and like or you know like the war are you thinking like like, not all wrestlers are the same like are you thinking of jesse Ventura. Sure? Well, right. No, I know. I know. Definitely know Jesse Ventura because Jesse Ventura was the one who played a man in black on the X Files, and I know that he became the Republican governor of Minnesota. But maybe I'm wrong. I thought that like maybe he like maybe I'm just like it's possible that the Rock. That's okay, in, like, I'm seeing UXO, something that says so... that he was previously registered as a Republican. Hmm, okay. Okay. But maybe now he's a Warren supporter. He also personally tweeted at Elizabeth Warren. Um, I saw, which was cute. So. I don't know. I mean, if we have The Rock, we, like, we're unstoppable, I think, Team Warren. So... <laughs> You're just I thinking just... of that... What was that movie, like, Skyscraper? Or like... Yes. <laughs> but it's, like, one, it's like, about just, like, him jumping being a, off a skyscraper. Building. Yeah. <laughs> um, I... Is, it, is he in Hobbs and Shaw? Is that a thing? Is I the new the new Fast what? and the Furious? Movie? Oh wait, actually, yeah, I knew I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think he's also in. At that. first, I was like, "How dare you ask me? I don't know what that is," and then I realized <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, because I've seen those commercials. <laughs> I thought you were kind of a Fast and the Furious person. No, not really. What? 
I don't know. I'm confusing you. You you know that I cannot, for the life of me, understand what's happening in any action movie. Yeah, same. All right. I like I. That's a completely. I forget who the bad guy is. I cannot process like those kind of plots. No, no, neither can I. I have no idea how anyone does. I have no idea what the Fast and Furious is about, but I'm pretty sure I've seen the first one like three times. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's just about cars, and it's really boring. Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, things that we don't care about, The Rock's, you know, general career trajectory, except for when it intersects with Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. On the television <laughs> show Callers. Her favorite show. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Um, other television news, I needed a safe space to talk about the fact that the... Uh, trailer for the revival of the l word also dropped at like the end of last week. i can't believe that wait so is it going to be the same people it's some of the same people um so i that actually was like what that was 15 years ago it probably so i can actually tell you i know that the, the l yeah the l word started like when i was in college and it ended definitely in 2009 because i went to the finale party at um town <laughs> a, so gay, a, the biggest uh gay bar for well now closed not anymore yeah now closed but what was the biggest gay bar in dc i went to a watch party not that long after i moved back to dc um so i know that was in 2009 so that show ended a solid 10 years ago um the, that's crazy the l word is wonderful and awful um and it's just the biggest mess of a show that's so fun to watch. Honestly, if you've never watched The L Word, like, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Um, and It's gotta be on somewhere. Yeah, I'm like 90% sure it's on Netflix or Hulu. I, I, I know that it's streaming currently. So, um, and if you've never, like, honestly, like, there are much worse ways that you can spend your time. It's just such a, like fun, terrible, soapy show that's occasionally very good, but is, like, definitely sort of also a cult show in a way. So, I don't know. I mean, so there's some of the same characters. Um, Primarily Jennifer Beals' character, who was, like, the uh, bet, who was, like, the star of the original show. Um, She's back. Um, Shane, uh, what's her face? Um, forget how to, well, anyway, the character that, the woman who plays Shane, who's another iconic character, um, Misha Haley, who's, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of recurring characters. There's some that seem to clearly not be here there, uh, including that's one of the other main characters who's, who is, that's, um, on again, kind of off again, love of her life. She appears to not, I think that's the, the idea is that they've gotten divorced. So that's kind of sad. Um, but anyway, it's also called the subtitle of the show's generation q which like you know <laughs> could mean generation queer does it mean q and on mean yeah it's q this is this is also political intersection between q is q is a lesbian <laughs> rich lesbians of la and and q and on yeah um i would watch that <laughs> um and so there's like a lot of new characters, like the next generation is like the whole kind of like theme of the trailer. So anyway, it comes to Showtime in December. This was the first trailer. It's very exciting. I'm absolutely going to watch it. Um, and I just was briefly extremely excited and um, just needed to mention that. That was the other big TV news for me. Of, uh, well, that's cool. That's cool. So, um, it's again been a second since we've talked, but there's been a lot of a lot of new TV coming out here at the end of the summer. I don't know where summer these TV. Uh, how dare they honestly not give us a freaking break here. Um, but we both did some Netflix watching. Yeah, we did our homework. Yeah. I watched the. Um, the season three, the new season of Glow. Now, I um, heard that this was a lot better than the last season. I thought it was. I felt like, you know, the second season ended. And I was kind of like, I'm not sure where this is going. I don't know what, you know, how much longer this show can sustain itself. Because the first season was so fun. Um, and I kind of felt like that a little bit in the beginning of this season. Um, and then I kind of reminded myself to slow down. And this, so it's hard to tell whether my it was my... Like, slow down and watching it, like, slow down in your consumption of it? Yeah, or if it was, yeah, like, 
slow down my pace, mm-hmm. like not watch so many. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to tell if that was what made it better or if the just second half of the season is a lot better than the first. I kind of feel like it's both, but probably because the second half is really a lot better. Um, it It's funny, I've seen... So I'm going to get back on my like horse about this thing where I've talked about so many times about how people are binging everything now yeah. that they can, and that's not the way you necessarily should watch a given show. Yep. And I've seen so much, like, I, I think the season was, you know, people generally said it was good, but I've seen, like, just so much criticism of it that's like, oh, it's really uneven, or it's kind of heavy, and it's just like, well, yeah, they're episodes. And I feel like we are in this habit because we've had so many good dramas um, and shows that are just so well thought out in advance of a season about how they're going to uh, let you in on certain information. Like everything is so tightly written the way it is like a movie that we expect that now for anything that's not just like a, a funny sitcom. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. this show is not that. And people are watching it and like there's this one like there's a a box review where the reviewer was like um like oh I you know I really liked it but it's still too heavy and it's you know it's such a good show it's so bingeable I've never watched less than five episodes at one time but I feel like the show's trying to do too much and is weighted down by all the different characters and I'm like well no no, you're the one trying to do too much. Why are you watching five episodes in one go and, like, thinking, of course it feels like it's too much for you. They just introduced, like, eight different problems with different characters, mm-hmm. all, like, just only in one episode at a time very briefly. Like, of course it seems like it's going to be, like, too heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to seem uneven. Um, and, like, you know, Sophie Gilbert at The Atlantic was like, oh, there's just not enough, like b-roll footage of like las vegas i don't really feel like i'm there and i'm like fair enough but she really was down on the season and it's like i don't know what you're expecting like a period drama about like las vegas in the 80s but it kind of delivered on the character front which is what a lot of people watch the show for mm-hmm. um but i did really like it um there was a lot less wrestling in it than previous seasons, which is probably okay because, like, once you've seen them do those moves, I think it's probably how enough. Mu- yeah, how much how much of that needs to be the focus of it, right? Yeah, and so the show is they, you know, they had their TV show in L.A. in the second season, and then they now have a residency at this uh, hotel and casino in Las Vegas where they're doing the same show every night, and that's kind of maybe why also the first part of the season drags because you get the sense that they're kind of bored. They're just doing the same thing every night. Um, so meanwhile, all the interesting stuff doesn't come necessarily from their work. Mm-hmm. It comes from like their interpersonal dynamics. So, you know, sometimes, you know, it does sort of feel like they try to try to do too much. Like it's like the, the writers have a checklist of all the issues they want to address. Like, okay, now to May in this season, we're going to address the fact that she has back problems, but she can't like, she doesn't have health insurance to like take time off from work. So she's going to just pop a bunch of painkillers and becomes like super reliant on them. And we'll also have an episode where we talk about how like, Melrose doesn't understand why Jenny's upset with her for making like a really really racist caricature of like an Asian person when she was wrestling Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of like sometimes they're checking off boxes but I think if you slow down and you watch them you know like one at a time it sort of become they become a little more refreshing when they bring up these issues Mm -hmm. um, and doesn't seem as heavy-handed um, that's interesting because I, I mean, I'll talk about this when we get to it, but I notice a very similar dynamic with Orange is the New Black. Is and that the, right? Mm-hmm, you know, another Netflix show that is sort of like, sort I guess, designed to be, you know, kind of consumed all at once, but I don't know that that does it a lot of favors. Yeah. Um, but anyway, keep going. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So like, um, my favorite, I think, like, sort of plot line through the season is definitely um, still uh, Debbie, the Liberty Bell. She's the mother. And, like, a big issue that she's having is um, she has a one-year-old son and she's, like, missing his, you know, the first time he walks and everything because she's commuting back and forth between L.A. and Las Vegas. And 
Um, and she's doing this in the 80s where it was like really kind of unacceptable for, to a lot of people for a working mom to be missing out on things. And um, she is just like, I, Betty Gilpin, who plays Debbie, I think is like secretly so funny. She has so many good lines. Um, there's a really great episode where like halfway through the season, that's kind of a turning point where they go on a camping trip to Red Rock um, Canyon um, and, you know, things don't work out as according to plan. And at one point, um, Debbie is sort of venting to Ruth about how hard it is to be like, I want, she's a producer now and she's not taken seriously, but she also like wants to be there for her son. And, uh, she has just the great line about, she's just like how much she resents men for having this freedom that she doesn't have. I hate men, Mark, Bash, even when I'm fucking the cute young ones, I just, I like to take my hand and just crunch their face into the pillow. It's hard because they are just so free. They make the choices, they dictate the terms, and I just hate asking them for anything. And I, I won't, I don't want to give anything away, but I really liked the way the season ended. It had a really good sort of like cliffhanger. Um, but there's a, but it's still satisfying at the end. It doesn't just say like, oh, and what will happen next? Like Debbie does something that's kind of awesome that it was like super exciting to watch. Um, so yeah, she remains my favorite character on that. I think just because the actress too, mm-hmm. but um, she's, a, she's a fun surprise. And then also Mark Maron remains annoyingly sexy and I'm just still so annoyed by it. <laughs> this is a complicated one for you. If you yeah. need to work <laughs> through those feelings, we're here. <laughs> all the viewers yeah are here i don't i mean and then does he he kind of like i'm i'm like very interested in the idea like does his character get i thought they were kind of always leading up to like a relationship potentially between him and, yeah yeah and, and they do character. it in a way that it's not like overly romantic yeah you you are led to believe that and you are right mm-hmm. and it's purposeful that they let you think that mm-hmm. um and it's complicated him and rose because she starts seeing somebody else and like um and she's also like you're like twice my age and you know it's a very honest way that develops mm-hmm. um that doesn't feel gross um if it makes you yeah. feel any better i get it Cause like I know most people do. He, I just like really hate that. I don't really encounter Mark Marin in the wild like that. Like I don't do his podcast or anything. Like, but um, you know, so when I encounter him, I feel like it's it's kind of you know in roles. I mean, I don't I don't really watch Globe, but I mean, he pops up in places, right? And like yeah, he popped up. Uh, he replays. You know, I had talked about the um, Netflix show easy a couple months ago uh where it's like all the different people in chicago and they're kind of different sex lives or whatever and he plays a recurring character on that show which he's really good at and um you know like he's i get it like i'm like yeah he's kind of sexy on that show too and he's like you know supposed to be a uh you know he's supposed to be a sexual figure on that show. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. And he's good. Um, so I just think his character, well, and I think something that helps this season is that his character, who's like an asshole and was especially an asshole in the first season, which is when it really bothered me more that I was attracted to him because he really sucked. Right. (laughs) Um, this, he, he seems, I do think Mark Maron is actually a good actor. I do too. Yeah, and I think the writing of his character has been really good, and he does seem to be, he's still the same person, but you can tell he's, like, not doing some of the same bullshit as before. He's, like... I wonder if he's a producer he's on still the an show. asshole, but, like, he's, he's, there's certain behaviors he's not doing because he's not, he does not want to be, like, he does, he wants to not be, that's how you should say it, he wants to not be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, like, you know, he's evolving. Um... Yeah. Yeah, that's... Anyway, I definitely, if you hadn't been sure, I do think it's better than um, season two. And I will also say, just, like, watch one episode a day. Like, don't binge it. Not everything needs to be binged. <laughs> I, like, really worry about this with, like... Not worry. Like, I'm not, it's not keeping me up at night. But I get annoyed when I read reviews. And it's, like, we... It's almost like t- criticism, television criticism, 
or at least our habits of how we watch TV has gotten ahead of like where television is. And I don't mean like ahead in the sense that it's one way is the right way. Like we are too far ahead. We just want everything to be like a neat packaged season, but it's just mostly like we are losing something if we like forget how fun it is to watch just like TV shows episodically. Well, just I agree. Because they drop on Netflix all at once doesn't mean you have to watch it all in one weekend. Mm-hmm. That like you can like, some shows are better for that. Like Veronica Mars, for instance, that kind of show is perfect for binging because you want to get to the end. The whole point is like the denouement of like how we get there. Yeah. Right. But character based things, not quite so much. And unless it's like a super like prestige drama, which Glow is not, it's like, I don't need it to be, like, perfectly even. Yeah. And, I mean, I agree. I, I really agree on the, the criticism front because it's totally a self-perpetuating cycle, right, where I can see right. where these different websites are just needing. A, they need – they all have television critics now. I'm not even sure that, that was always the case, that, like, The Atlantic had a television beat. Or, you know, you know like – and so yeah. um, we all – there's so much television that – people want the, the recap industrial complex is still alive right, like and well. Yeah. And all these writers have to watch it all in one week. Right. They have to be watching so much and they're probably their editors are, you know, needing them to be posting, you know, a, a freaking recap of an episode a day of a show that might right. drop and have streamings that, cause that's what people want to see. And anyway, yeah, it just becomes this whole self perpetuating cycle. And I even feel that, you know, doing this show <laughs> where, you know, I feel like I need to consume a lot in order to have right, covered people want to know, should I watch this before, right. you know, and it but this is why people should give us advanced dynamic. copies. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just send us some screeners. We can dole it so out. I can watch at my leisure. Yeah, we can dole it out uh, a little more, um, a little more evenly, and then we can give your shows a, a fair shot. Um, I mean, so this is interesting because I definitely found a similar dynamic with Orange Is the New Black, which I had talked a couple weeks ago that I was kind of keen, yeah. keen on watching the last season. So you actually did. I did it, and I don't. This is not something I, that I do very often with shows. I sort of consider myself a completist. If I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna see the whole thing and I there wasn't a particular reason that I stopped I watched the first four seasons of Orange is the New Black and then there wasn't a particular reason that I stopped I just kind of never it came back one year and I just didn't watch it because there was so much you know television on and um Orange yeah. is the New Black really interesting because this was the seventh and final season and it, I can't believe that that's so crazy I know and and you know, when Orange is the New Black was one of the first shows on Netflix. Yeah, that's right. How that was like their, their like, we have you know, come. test balloon kind of. Totally. Of, you know, of, of, uh, of actually doing a potential multi-year television series. And I think it's like maybe the longest running one. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I can't think of one that would be longer. Me neither. Something else ended recently, but I can't remember what it was. That it also kind of started in that first wave. But um, so I didn't watch seasons five and six, and then I was, you know, I wanted. It's a lot of characters. I wanted to know what became of them, so I decided to watch the last <laughs> season. And I think this you could have is, just asked them, sir. I know. I could have just like written. I could have just tweeted at like the Orange is New Black Twitter and be like, yo. <laughs> Give me a rundown of what I also could have just like read the recaps, but I was interested to see kind of like where everyone ended up. Yeah, yeah. And especially, and I think that this is definitely another show where a there's a lot of boxes being checked all the time. Of mm. did we address you know X? Especially Orange is the New Black, I think became more and more about you know needing to like address major social issues. Um, and this was always a show that, I mean, and, and the show itself, I mean, it's, it's interesting because the premise of the show, right, is sort of humanizing the incarcerated, incarcerated women. And that itself right. is sort of a, um, and talking about, you know, trying to elevate the problem of mass incarceration, like really being one of, like, I mean, I, 
a show that addressed this for the first time really head on and about Mm -hmm. being the first show about really about women prisoners. And, um, I mean, I used to watch Oz back in the day, but, um, and, and then, so Orange is the New Black, I mean, I wanted to see how things turn out for these characters. A lot of them, sadly, there's a lot of characters on Orange is the New Black. There's like 20 main characters. Um, a lot of them had pretty grim endings. Some of them Yikes. didn't. I what I, I needed to catch up a little bit. If you're like me and you like maybe haven't seen a couple of seasons of the show, I didn't even really do any other research. I, I knew that there was a riot um, in the fifth season, a prison riot that's kind of the effects of, of which are still reverberating through most of the characters' mm. plot lines, and a lot of them were transferred out of the prison, which is why I was kind of like, oh, a lot of the characters are just gone, and it turns out they were transferred to other prisons. Um, but uh, it was pretty easy to just kind of piece it together. I didn't really need to do any other research. I, you could figure it out. But um, So Piper, you know, is our sort of window into the show, our, like, central... A middle-class white woman who came to prison originally um, for helping her girlfriend traffic drugs, her girlfriend also in the prison. Um, Piper gets out and she's kind of transitioning back to normal life um, and is on parole. Um, And, you know, I think part of the what we're doing with this season is is sort of seeing how relatively easy things are for Piper as a white woman um, who has access to opportunities sort of automatically. Like she gets a job in her dad's company. She can crash with her brother and his girlfriend. Like if she really needs money, she can borrow 50 or a hundred bucks, you know, things that Mm -hmm. a lot of other women who are getting out of prison just don't have access to, obviously, especially women of color. And that's kind of contrasted with two other women who also sort of get out of prison in this season. And one uh, is a black woman who becomes homeless. And one is a Latina woman who is actually um, then transferred into ICE custody, which is a pretty major plot line of this season, is that the minimum security prison um, that was... Litchfield, the main, the prison that they're in, um, was kind of converted, a lot of it was converted into a maximum security prison, and the minimum security part was converted into an ICE detention center. Um, So we also get stories this season of the women who are are being basically, you know, held captive um, in this ICE detention center. And that's pretty interesting. I mean, it's, Orange is the New Black, so a lot of it is pretty heavy-handed. And again, there's like, sort of boxes being checked um, and kind of like, did we address, you know, just a lot of different, like, it just, yeah, it felt like we need to sort of filter these stories of injustice through this show. And, And some of it works better than others. I read a really interesting article actually on Vox that was an interview. Um, it was kind of a discussion between two critics, one a black woman and one a uh, white woman, um, about whether or not Orange is the New Black, which got so much attention, you know, when it first debuted for the diversity of its cast, um, both in terms of like sexual orientation, in terms of race, obviously, in terms of like body size and, you know, just there was a of course um trans woman you know like dealing with being a trans woman in a prison and and eventually like files a lawsuit against uh the prison and obviously also played by an actual trans actress which was also pretty rare at the time and um anyway did orange is the new black ultimately like is its legacy that it did justice to its characters of color or did it more often reduce them to their traumas and it was a really i i recommend if you're into the show looking at the article on vox it's a really interesting piece um and it really made me think i think i thought that the show my kind of interpretation as a white woman um was sort of that I felt like, oh, this show did a really great job at humanizing these characters. And I think a lot of the time it does, but there's a lot of things that I think I didn't analyze. And and uh, it was a really interesting piece. 
Um, but I mean, basically, you know, there's a lot of dark endings for these characters, Daya, Maritza, Pensateki, um, who are kind of some fan favorites and that was pretty bleak. Um, but good news for other ones. I liked the ending of the show a lot. It was pretty, I cried. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you know, I think it's an effective season. I think it's, I think it's pretty good. It's, I don't think that Orange is the New Black is great, great television or that it ever was, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when it's on, it's on. And, uh, and I think a lot worked about it. So I would, uh, I think, you know, ultimately I think worth revisiting if you've been a fan of the show previously. Um, but, uh, there's another show that I watched. Another Netflix show. Another Netflix show. So we watched Mindhunter when this... We did watch Mindhunter. When this podcast first debuted in 2017. Um, that was the first season of Mindhunter. I was like, I love like catching murderers. Yeah. But turns out I didn't... I ended that season was like, I don't think I'll watch the second one because it was too much men. Too many men. Too many men. They're hunting mines, in case you didn't... uh, (laughs) Mines, as only men can hunt. (laughs) Hunt mines. This show's about hunting mines. Um, Yeah. Every time you say that, it sounds like mimes. (laughs) They're hunting mimes. Honestly, mimes definitely give off a serial killer vibe, right? Yeah, but like it would be hard to hunt because they're so quiet. They're very quiet. They don't leave a lot. And they're wearing gloves, so there's not really a lot of um, evidence that's true. Yeah. But on the other hand, you could go up to someone on the street and be like, did a mime go through here? And they'd be like, like, yeah, I definitely noticed the mime. 100% so, yes. a mime walks through here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can give you a full description. <laughs> um, so that's interesting that you say that the first season had a very, yeah, I think that was undeniable. The male energy of the first season, for sure. I also let the show left me pretty cold although i thought the central premise um about the real life kind of you know fictionalized but essentially based on real events story of how basically the fbi developed its behavioral science unit um and how basically criminal profiling and behavioral profiling became a thing in the 1970s at the fbi um by you know these fbi agents who um, interviewed serial killers and then kind of took that information and, uh, and, uh, you know, learned what it means to profile and how they can catch future serial killers. So this season, same characters, uh, we got, we got Holden, we got Trench, our, our two male uh, FBI agents. And then we also have Wendy Carr, who was in the last season, who uh, was a professor who kind of um, joins the behavioral science unit to give more uh, sort of scientific-ish context to what they're doing. And um, so I really liked this season. Um it's, I think, by and large, I was reading a little bit about it. I didn't read too much about the, the criticism because I just finished it, so I didn't want to be mm-hmm. spoiled. Yeah, like, but it does seem like, despair. yeah, yeah, I literally finished it like 10 minutes before we started writing, recording this. Um, the first half so of So she's the, still digesting. I'm still digesting, but it does seem like. You're supposed to wait like half an hour before you dive in. Before I dive into any television criticism. And yeah. that is honestly a good rule. <laughs> it's really, you will get a stomachache. Um, but I did look it up on Rotten Tomatoes and it looked like the tomato meter was at like basically a hundred percent. So I do think that critics are, that's a lot of tomatoes. It's a lot of tomatoes. Uh, it is summer. So, um, the first half of the season is like very similar to last season. They're mostly interviewing serial killers, including Charles Manson. Um, interestingly, Charles Manson played by the same guy who plays him in, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Don't say, oh my god, yeah. I knew it. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I mean, didn't... I, not like that was an incredible guess on my part. It's the movie that came out this summer about the man. Also movie, about but the man. Still, Spurs. I was like, no. Well, that guy is like, you know, he better like. Does he really look like Charles Manson? You know, I guess I don't know that I really know. I mean, yeah, and that he looks like a 
kind of like weird long-haired hippie. Sure, he's definitely got, from what I can tell from the, as we have discussed, wonderful, uh, you must remember this podcast, Charlie Manchin seems like a stone-cold psycho, and this guy is really capturing that energy. So, um, actually, it's a really pretty good scene when, when they interview him. They're both just baffled by him, and he just really refuses to kind of give give in on, on any of this, you know, behavioral. You basically, they don't walk away with, like, anything <laughs> from having interviewed Charlie, Charlie Manson. They kind of, like, he's like a get, and then it's like he's so fucking crazy that they can't get anything must out be of just so weird to be like the guy who plays charles Manson. right i mean you better you better like book those roles while charlie... like an elvis impersonator except it's charles manson. charles manson like great but i mean also maybe any kind of like again skinny white guy who can grow his dark hair long and can have kind of a manic energy I mean, yeah let's be real like any like yeah. yeah, like, any white guy that can, like, open his eyes really wide and, like, yeah. talk about killing is, like, terrifying. I mean, more interesting is the guy who plays uh, the co-ed killer, Ed Kemper, who was in last season as well. He's so creepy. He's really oh creepy. God. He's, like, eight feet tall. And he looks just, he looks, like, just like the guy. And he looks just like the guy. guy. Yeah, I mean, the actor. It's horrifying. I, like, I think that's also, like, that show, like, really disturbed me, and I wasn't yeah. sure in the first season, like. It's disturbing. It was, like, very much, like, it was. I felt like it was a bunch of men disturbing me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't feel like it was, it was almost like there was too much of a thrill to what they were doing, but it was really fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, but I think that that's kind of critical to what they're doing. And I'm sure was pretty, I'm sure really happened. You know, these are all a bunch of narcissists, you know, who are No, I mean, show creators. I mean. Like, I felt the creepiness I felt and like how disturbing I felt, I didn't think was like shared by the people creating it it was like them kind them doing it, it because it was like like titillating yeah i mean but i also think that that does kind of relate to the killers themselves because it is well none of that relates but i'm still talking only about the writer's intentions and like the feeling i got from it that felt very like uh um like taking advantage of of people and not understanding that women watching it are going to have a different reaction than the men that they're imagining watching it. I mean, I think what's interesting about this season is that Wendy plays Anna Torv, who's really good. Um, she's great. She's really good. She gets a much bigger role this season. Um, oh, that's good. And she, you know, so what happens in the back half of the season is that the, is that Holden and, and Tench are drawn, are, are basically kind of taken off their, research and they are um sent to atlanta to investigate the murders of a number of i mean dozens of young black boys who are being killed and, and this is a real case uh as well i mean most of this stuff is pretty i mean all of the serial killers are you know most of the, the cases that they explore pretty much all of them are are real so um this was a serial killer of some kind or multiple killers on the loose in Atlanta from in the late seventies, early eighties who killed, you know, 20, 25, uh, mostly young boys, but some adults all black. Um, and so they are brought down to Atlanta to work on this case. And, and basically, you know, they're going to really use what they have learned from these killers to work up a profile and, and work on an actual manhunt in progress for the first time. And, and yeah. And so then, and so then Wendy kind of takes over a little bit of the, um, you know, the research and, and she goes to interview two of the serial killers and those scenes are fent. I mean, she's good at it obviously because she's really good at what she does um and that would be interesting to watch and i mean she's great yeah and those scenes are fascinating especially because her personal life starts to play luckily you know in the first season i think one of the things that we both absolutely hated right was the uh girlfriend plot line for for holden um the you know kind of young cocky uh genius it's so funny that his name is holden Holden, i know <laughs> it's like holden call again like really good names i think we talked about this last time but bill trent you know bill tension um 
And so, yeah, he had this totally useless girlfriend character in the first season that, like, just was such a drag and, like, a... T- oh, God, I forgot Yeah, terribly that. written. That was the other... Yeah, that was the annoying thing. They're, like, two women in the Right, and one of them was Besides the murdered done. one. Yeah, right. And they were both and being done this massive shitty. disservice. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily, we're not doing any personal life stuff with Holden in this season. Um, in Good. fact, I don't want to watch him have sex anymore. No, yeah, we do not. In fact, like we're part of the emphasis, sort of his complete now lack of a personal life. Um, but but Wendy, you know, she's gay, and we see her kind of enter into a relationship in this season. And she's I bet sort she's like of, so glad she's gay. <laughs> she's doing this. <laughs> I know. Well, it's interesting because so then she and one of the serial killers, you know, most of them have a, a lot of them have, you know, right. The whole point of this is that a lot of their crimes are like sexually motivated. And in a lot right. of cases, yeah, there's that's like, what I was thinking. Right, in a lot of cases, there's like some, uh, there are, you know, it's not, it seems like there's a lot of gay themed kind of content here with some of these killers um either like latent homosexual tendencies or whatever you know and then and then there's in fact um one that wendy interviews who uh is actually like he would lure um he would lure men you know, he'd go out with them, meet them at leather clubs and stuff and take them back and have sex. And then he'd kill them. And, and she winds up kind of using some of her own experiences, um, in these interviews, obviously to kind of relate to the killers. And, um, you know, just like she talks about an older woman that she's been with and the sort of power dynamics in that relationship. And of course, when they're, and of course the conversations are being recorded and people are like, assume that she's just making it up. Right. And it's like, wow, you're really good at, um, you know, kind of coming up with these stories. And it's like, right, stories. What did daddy do to you? Girls like you want to take guys like their daddy because they want them to treat them just like daddy did. That about right? See, I could be a shrink, too. All you do is ask a lot of questions, make a lot of assumptions. You know what assumptions tell me? Tell me a whole lot more about you than they do about me. I was in a relationship once that I think is very similar to the one that you were in with Dean. She was my boss, my mentor, my lover. Bullshit. She used her status to control and subjugate me. I never saw it that way until I was no longer with her. You're lying. I'm not. I know what that kind of confusion feels like. When you're caught between someone you admire and a whole lot of bad decisions. I'm not interested in relitigating the details of your case. You're free to talk about them if you choose. I'm here to understand who you are. So she gets a much bigger part in this season, although she's basically sidelined completely in the finale, which is sort of baffling and annoying. Um, But then also Bill Tench, uh, he also gets we get a lot more um of his personal life in this season yeah bill tench the the newest twitter darling yeah you know i think in the first season i was also these characters were just much more thinly drawn in the first season and i think for the first even by the end of the second or third episode of the season i was still underwhelmed on that front where i just felt like what these characters aren't interesting and then we start to really get into with him um he has an adopted son which we learned in the first season but um it's possible that his son is gonna be a serial killer uh based on some events <laughs> that happen in this season he's involved oh, in the murder of a young boy and i won't go too far into oh, it god that sounds horrible maybe i won't watch this it's it's not not involved in a way that he did not commit a murder um and and actually this makes it much more interesting and uh, on the surface i think this plot line sounds a little ridiculous but it works really well and you get it brings so many more layers to his character both seeing his marriage kind of suffer under the 
the dual pressures of what's going on with this kid and him having to kind of help lead this manhunt of a serial killer in Atlanta, but also you get to see a little bit more of him as a father and him sort of trying to bring these interview tactics almost to his personal life. It's just, I think this season was really, really good. Um, overall, I, again, I, I started out even still a little bit down on it, but, um, the, other aspect, you know, I think this season really becomes about right both them utilizing the this uh, this behavioral science, you know, knowledge that they have now, but then also kind of the how it can be tedious, how their biases can actually make the the profiling in some ways it can be really limiting, and like mm-hmm. you know the the and that's sort of what the conclusion of the season winds up being is like okay what are the limits of this behavioral profiling as well as like, what is it? What are we, it's doing clearly like there are advantages to it, but they kind of start to realize what the disadvantages are as well. And um, I find that to be an interesting note to, to leave it on. And like, I'm, I'm curious where that goes in the next season. Um, so I don't know. I, my mind has changed on Mindhunter. I would definitely watch the next season whenever that, it hasn't actually been renewed yet, I don't think. But David Fincher seems uh, confident from what I've read that it will get another season. So Yeah, and it seemed like enough people were watching it. Like it seemed pretty popular. I would be shocked, I think, if, right, the, yeah. based on the like current, uh, the, the momentum that it's got going on right now. Yeah, it get I agree. Season. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You might want to consider it coming back to it. I don't know. I might want to yeah. consider. Just, uh, you know, it's a juicy crime. It's juicy crime stuff, but also, you know, I think more, like, it's it's more realistic in that a lot of actual police work is probably pretty tedious and a lot of dead ends and things don't go anywhere. Um, yeah. So, yeah. also the BTK killer kind of continues to be like a framing device, which it was in the first season as well. Uh, where we saw these kind of glimpses of at the beginning of each episode. Um, and, and he's still kind of out there, which uh, is interesting if you know anything about the real life, um, how, how that Oh, goes. I looked that up after I saw what yeah, you Yeah, right. Like, I didn't know anything about him. I'm like, ugh. Well, it's, the case doesn't really get resolved until 2005. So, like, whether or not these characters ever actually meet this killer who's sort of haunting the periphery of the show, I mean, is yeah. pretty unlikely, but... Um, it's just interesting to see, you know, a, a killer sort of doing his thing right alongside them developing this methodology. Um, so anyway, that's, that's mostly, uh, my thoughts on Mindhunter. You have a trash alert for us. Oh yeah. I put a trash alert siren emoji emoji. note there. I watched a trash show. Yes. Tell us. So as the resident trash correspondent, Mm -hmm. um, Come to us from Trashland. Hello, reporting live <laughs> from Trashland. There's a lot of beautiful people with really trite dialogue. Um, no, I saw a tweet from Mo Ryan, um, a television writer, um, like a week or so ago. And she had said, she's like, if you want some just like fun summer like TV that's like pretty well done and like, you know, but just like plain fun may I recommend this show called Blood and Treasure? And it's this CBS show. And I was like, sure, I'll give it a go. And it has like the stupidest like title card. Like it's ridiculous. And it even has like the intro to it. It features like, it doesn't do like previously on like Blood and Treasure. It has like the two main characters like doing an intro, like my name is so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And and I'm trying to find Cleopatra's tomb. (laughs) (laughs) When I left the FBI, I thought my crime-fighting days were over. But then I learned that terrorist Kareem Farouk was on the hunt for Cleopatra, one of the world's most valuable treasures lost for over 2,000 years, to use her as part of a massive terror attack. To find him, I needed some help. So I went to Lexi Vaziri, a thief. Excuse me, a master thief. And my father was killed by Farouk. Lexi and I have a complicated past. He wants to bring Farouk to justice. I want revenge. Also, there's a mysterious group who want Cleopatra as much as we do. We're not sure whether they're good or bad, but the one thing we all agree on... ...is that we need to find Cleopatra. 
before Farouk does. Oh my god. But the, the okay, but here's the thing. It's like pretty good. It's like <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I do. It's like it's not good well. television. It's not groundbreaking. It's not. It's not doing anything other than purely entertaining. Like you are like, but here's a few things in its favor. Well, first of all, to describe it, it's like kind of like a cross between like. Uh, Indiana Jones, which they reference a lot, um, and Indiana Jones and Whiskey Cavalier. Okay, <laughs> that, sure. That one stupid, stupid show. Yep. <laughs> which is actually not very good. Um, and so it's like a cross between that. So it has like a will they, won't they sort of like, like former FBI agent and this thief. And um, but it's like. Also, like, you know, they, they seem to sometimes be trying to, like, insert points about, like, um, about, like, um, you know, America's presence in the Middle East. Like, it's, it's a little, it's a little woke at times. Um, and it's also, like, very big on the fact that, like, we don't, like, the characters, like, don't believe that you should take treasure from a country and put it in a museum in another country. Okay. The countries, like, own it. So it's not, like... It's better than Indiana Jones in that sense. Um, also, like, there's a whole Nazi subplot where the Nazis were trying to get... Anyway, it's very Indiana Jones, but... Is it anyway, currently this... airing? Like, is it... So the first season, okay. it was a CBS show, I think. Blood and It's and on Amazon treasure. Prime. So the first season ended, everything is resolved, and then it says, the adventure will continue. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. So if you want something like I love that the show is called Blood and Treasure. Like we oh could my god, have come, I would try to come up with something else. I'm gonna else, send you why? a link. I want everyone to just like Google like. All right, if you're listening at home, just like Google like Blood and Treasure intro, and you'll just you're just like wait, because the rest of this show is like pretty high production value, and then this one like the 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 intro and like the title card is just like the like cheapest looking thing ever it's kind of amazing (laughs) looks like someone probably made it in about 45 minutes which they probably did yeah it's like really amateurish um and i think it's one of my favorite things (laughs) nice okay i (laughs) i really enjoy dispatches from trash island (laughs) (laughs) Trash, trash island is has like great biodiversity and <laughs> yeah climate change doesn't exist on trash island right it, no climate change does not exist though i feel like they mentioned it in blood and treasure okay. oh it also features it is um uh john Laraquette, Laraquette, whatever his Ooh, last name john is Laraquette. yeah he's he's a main character and then um it Good for him. also features one or two people that you might remember from uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, the movie? Okay. No, not the Tim Burton movie. Oh, okay. Because um, I was going to say yeah, Blood Johnny, and Treasure. Yeah, Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci are in <laughs> I was going to say Blood and Treasure sort of sounds like something Johnny Depp might be a part of, right? That could be, yeah. 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 No, it's this guy, Matt Barr, who's in hmm. the, the TV show Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Right. Oh, right. The TV show. show. I, think. Yeah. I think it was Fox. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was um, not that great. And I only watched the first season, but it did give me the phrase Ninanet because I always thought that was funny because he comes, Ichabod Crane comes back from like 200 years in the past and he has to try to understand what the internet is. And it's really <laughs> funny because he cannot understand it and he doesn't actually know that it's called the internet. He just keeps saying Ninanet. <laughs> Which I find really funny. So he's like, well, check the Ninadet. That's classic. <laughs> like, you don't know what it is. Anyway, it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's, okay. I love that. That's the thing I remember most from that show. So. Uh, man. All right. Well, um, that's Trash Island. Uh, Blood and Treasure. <laughs> love it. I hope to have, like, f- frequent updates from Trash uh, Me Island. too. I'm enjoying this as a recurring segment. Um yeah. And I, okay, so I have a one more show that I watched a little bit of, but it's also going to be a watching uh, recommendation, like, for the future. Because oh, okay. Because I didn't finish it, and I think you would enjoy Ooh, it. Oh, let's hear. And I think our listeners. So, The Way Up, 
um, is the way up. The way up is a show. Uh, I don't know it. It just came onto Hulu last week. It is a British show. One of our favorite kinds of shows. <laughs> I, you um, know, I love I love trash and British shows and like. But I do not like British trash. But not British trash. It seems like... No, I don't like want to watch Love Island. Right. British trash seems like somehow much trashier even... Oh, it's way trashier. Than a lot of American trash. So we don't want to combine those categories. But, um, so The Way Up, I watched the first couple episodes of, and I have three... In the vein of a flea bag or a catastrophe, and it's only six episodes. Uh, and they oh, are okay. in there about... And you didn't finish it. I didn't finish it because I didn't know about it until the weekend. And then I was kind of... You, you had mine. You I had, had mine. Had, I had mine hunting. I was hunting mines. I was very busy hunting mines. I didn't finish. The most dangerous game to do from your apartment. I know. I didn't finish hunting the mines, so I could only watch a little bit of this, although it was a nice reprieve from mine hunting. Um, <laughs> I just keep hearing mine hunting. <laughs> when I got tired. Um, now anytime someone mentions mind hunter i'm definitely gonna hear mime hunter when i when i you get tired of in searching for mimes in vain again because it's very difficult to find <laughs> um so the way up is like about a um woman named anya which in uh she's irish so of course it's spelled a-i-n-e um and it's she's kind of recovering from having a nervous breakdown sort of getting her life back together. Um, and her sister is played by Sharon Horgan. Uh, oh, my God. From Catastrophe, uh, who is a delight. And it's just... And Pulling, uh, which I think... And Pulling. No, I seen. haven't seen Pulling. Yes, yeah. I know. And I... I uh, and I... That's another one that I keep meaning to do, actually. Because this is, like, a different... Very different side of her. I really have only seen her in Catastrophe, which is obviously yeah. a very uh, abrasive role. Um, very, you know, just can not, not, she's not a not very, for everyone, she, um, yeah. on, on catastrophe, but you know, this is a pretty, it's just a very sweet kind of intimate show. I think it is in sort of the vein of catastrophe. It's pretty funny. Anya is like just, um, a really wonderful character. She's constantly making like what she knows are idiotic jokes um, and just, you know, she's, she's pretty depressed, although we don't really know exactly why. I'll be honest, like, it's interesting to me watching this show. This show wasn't really, didn't seem all that interested in doing a lot of emotional turmoil, digging in the way that, you know, a flea bag does. It seemed more just content to sort of present you with this character and some situations that she encounters over a period of a few months. I just, I, it's a, I really like it. It was, um, it's okay. I'll check that yeah, out. Yeah. It's very sweet. It's not, you're not signing up for a whole lot of intense, at least not in the first three that I saw. You're not signing up for a lot of, you know, just, <sighs> I feel like, the other, I, feel, I mean, I promise you I have more British references than just Fleabag and Catastrophe, but I guess not <laughs> that many more. Um, and I don't know, it's hard not to compare this show to those, I think, coming at it from an American perspective. Um, it's just, I feel like shows on American shows, like especially, you know, the ones we've been talking about this week, like there just is this emphasis, I think, with a lot of peak TV of, of, you have to give so much plot and there just has to be so much, Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I find it so refreshing with this kind of show or even a catastrophe where you're really, even catastrophe has a lot of plot lines, but we're a show that there isn't a whole lot of plot. It's just, here are some characters um, and they are very captivating and spend a few hours with them. And that's kind of what this show is. Um, so, you know, I feel like if peak TV was a little bit more of, <laughs> here, have some, have some interesting people to hang out with for a few hours and don't worry about too much. That would be nice too. So yeah, you should watch the way up. I'm excited to finish it. I think you would okay, like it. Yeah, that'll be, that's a good, that's a good what we're watching. Yeah. Um, I'm also intrigued by, uh, on becoming a god in Central Florida, which is Kirsten. Dunst's I know, but show. I don't know how I'm going to watch that. I know. It's supposed to be so good. Can you? Uh, you might be able to Showtime free trial it. 
they do those. I would maybe wait a couple of weeks. I'm interested in it too. So this is the new Kirsten Dunst show on Showtime. She plays uh, an MLM. Um, she's like at the he top of the heap of like an MLM scheme of some kind. I, all of these elements sound great to me. Um, I it's, love. That's multi-level marketing. Multi-level marketing. She's in a, involved in some kind of multi-level marketing, you know, selling leggings or protein shakes or, you know, handbags, what have you. Um, or organic makeup. Uh, and, uh, you know, recruiting people under her to do it. And it takes place in kind of, I think it's supposed to be sort of like trashy uh, Florida community, but... Um, supposed to be pretty good. I love Kristen Dunst. She can do no wrong. So also be yeah. interested in that one. Um, that's a good one too. I'll see if there's a way. Um, there's a, another show that I just noticed on, um, Hulu. I don't know if it just dropped on Hulu or if it, I just happened to see it or they just happened to advertise it to me, but, um, Greg Poehler, um, and Amy Poehler's brother. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Did a, uh, show for NBC that I think only had one season about this couple that moves to Sweden. It was supposed to be like pretty good. So I might see what that's like so I can complain about um, NBC canceling good sitcoms. <laughs> What's that one called? Um, Greg Polar show Hulu. <laughs> I know it's like I had it. I just saw it last night and I was like, hmm, it's like, Oh, welcome to Sweden. Okay, sure. Should be easy enough. About yeah. as good a title as Blood and Treasure. I like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to Sweden. But um, yes, yeah, so there's that, and then there's also a new season of Grand Designs, that British uh, home building. I remember, show. Amanda. I also think that there's a new Great British Bake Off. What? I think a new season dropped on a a new to Amer a new to Americans season. Shut your mouth. That can't be. I think so. What is wrong with Netflix? They don't advertise this thing. That can't be. Am I wrong? I thought I'm so. looking it up now because I don't want to get, if any listeners Yeah, we are, don't want to put like, false information out into the universe, but I also thought that perhaps you should know. I could be wrong. Uh, episodes. I don't. There's definitely, I don't think so. if it hasn't landed yet, it's landing soon. So we can be on the lookout for it. I think it was a just new, uh, just new to, uh, new to Netflix. I think I'm right. Oh, is this, returns this week. Yeah, okay. This week. Oh, but are you sure that's not just like the new season that's like. Oh, maybe um, it's the new Channel 4 season. Okay. So maybe it's still yet. But it says, and Netflix subscribers can see it too really i wonder if that's americans yes intro oh yeah rather than oh yes i think you can watch it oh my gosh this is great i think we can watch it as it airs oh my god they're gonna drop it one episode <gasps> one at a time on. that's exciting that's so good because i feel like i'm always trying to like avoid knowing, knowing. who wins yeah Oh my god! That's exciting. That's an exciting oh. development in Great British Bake Off. This is exciting. World. Well, I know I'll be watching one episode of that. Right. <laughs> okay. Added to the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now that now uh, that trailer has hyped us up so much, so I know, I know. <laughs> I'm also excited. We can feel like that. we're British. Yeah. Um, is there anything you're not watching? I don't know if there's anything I'm not watching. Is there anything I'm not watching? It doesn't feel like it. Um. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like there's ever anything you're not watching. Um, there's a new show that I think I'm probably not watching called um, Why Women Kill. It's got, like, Lucy Liu, and it looks to me that the from the advertising I've seen of it, it's, like, three different women in three different time periods, like a lawyer in the 80s, a housewife in the 50s, and, like, a show... I can't remember the third person, but, like... And they, like, all kill men who cheat on them so they're mimes. and it's like yeah it's called why women kill mm -hmm. and i haven't investigated it too much but i'm kind of like annoyed by it because it's like it's kind of implying that like the reason women kills because men are awful to them and a big part of me is kind of like well yeah probably like men are the worst men kill for all these gross terrible reasons women kill because men are awful but like i don't somehow don't feel like that that's like there's some patriarchal uh 
violence message that they're trying to send with this. I think it's supposed to be like honestly, it feels more like, like lifetimey, like old lifetime movie, or even you know? cashing in on like a Killing Eve sort of vibe. You know, like I don't know if you like like if you just Google why women kill show, like it's kind of like. It says, a darkly comedic drama detailing the lives of three women living in three different decades, a housewife in the 60s, a socialite in the 80s, and a lawyer in 2018, each dealing with infidelity in their marriages. Mm. And it's like, why would, and then this show's called Why Women Kill. It's like, well. Okay, I guess they, I, yeah. they need to be mime hunted. <laughs> they need to be mime hunted. We, did, we only hunted the men's mime. Yeah, but they can also be mime hunted still, yeah. if they're very quiet. Um, and they're harder to find because they're so tiny, women's minds. <laughs> yeah, this sounds stupid. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's it's hoping for something it's not, but it doesn't seem like it's marketing as being as progressive as it thinks its moment is. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right, right. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, again, like to me, that sort of feels like... It's like misjudging women, what the moment Women is. murderers are in right now. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, but you're doing it for the wrong... You're not getting... You're uh, almost nailed it. Almost so. nailed it. Well, Send Lucy Liu off to something that uh, is more befitting of her stature. Um, yeah. All right. Well, anything else from us this week? Nothing else. Nothing. We've covered it all. All right. It's everything. We'll be back. We'll be back uh, with more uh, stuff you should watch. Something in September. In September. Oh God. September. Jesus. Okay. I know. I know. I know. Let's not, we're let's like, not think about it too hard. We're deep into Virgo now. Yeah. Let's not think about it too hard. All right. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Good night.